You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. We're going to invite a special guest up with us now, uh, Josh Bartlett. Why don't we give him a round of applause as he comes to stage? Josh is with us a lot. And, um, uh, last year, before? Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and was sort of a bit of a regular here, but originally from Queensland. That's right. Don't hold it against me, please. No, it's, it's great. Uh, jealousy at this time of year, anyway. Um, so, uh, Josh, welcome back to Melbourne. Thank you. Uh, you work for Wycliffe Bible Translators and uh, some fans. I, Wycliffe, yeah, Wycliffe has <laughs> um, a lot of fans. Uh, so, was it Bible fans or translation fans or Wycliffe oh. fans? Or all of the above. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what Wycliffe does, why it's important, why you're involved. Right. Um, so, so, Wycliffe's vision is to see people of every language group living as disciples of Jesus through the power of God's Word in their heart language. Um, can you imagine what it would be like, as a Christian in Australia, um, you know, English-speaking Christian, if there were no English Bibles? Um, maybe some related language, maybe French had a Bible. So if you wanted to know what the Bible had to say to you, you'd either have to trust what someone else told you, or if you really wanted to know for yourself, you'd have to learn French, study it, get the French Bible, you know, pour over a verse, and even then you wouldn't be 100% sure. Because it's not like, it's not a, some bits are pretty complicated in English, right. let alone learning the complicated bits in another right. language. Right, and, and the thing is that with reading the Bible, we're not just after learning knowledge, what we want is people who are living as disciples, so it's about a relationship with God. Um, and if you had to go through that work every time you read a verse, um, can you imagine how distant God might feel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, very important work. Now, um, you're coming back to Melbourne in October. I am. Because um, Wycliffe does Bible translation, and I guess just general Bible engagement. Right. So, you tell us a little bit about what's happening in October. Right. So, in October, I'm going to be back down here. I'm going to be running a one-day uh, training around biblical storytelling. Hmm. So, this is equipping people, Australians, to... Uh, be able to tell narrative sections of the Bible in everyday language. Um, uh, I think that there are lots of reasons why it's a great thing. Um, it's lots of fun to tell Bible stories. Um, but it also means that you can be prepared to um, share part of, uh, part of your faith in a non-threatening way, because everyone loves a story. Um, but I've found it also, people who do this sort of training, um, it also uh, increases their own longing to read more of this uh, and to learn more of this and to tell more of this. So I'd say it's a, a great thing for yourself as well as for your ability to share God's good news with other people. Excellent. And so uh, a full day, quite yep. interactive, I imagine, yep. practicing it together um, and learning, learning the basics of, of right. this method that you've got going right, on. Right, yes. Yep. Josh is supported by donations of people uh, in his work, uh, as uh, all, everyone in Wycliffe is. Um, so if you'd like to talk to him about how you can help out uh, financially or in supporting in other ways, please take advantage of having a chat with him tonight. Uh, there, he has more people in his family now that he's not single, so um, plenty uh, of need there. Josh? Or if you'd like to sign up for a prayer newsletter or anything like Absolutely. that, come and chat with us afterwards. Leave you to the Bible reading. And then Catherine Shields uh, is going to stand up and preach. Uh, Catherine's a member of our church uh, and a regular here. Doesn't preach that often, though, so we're really looking forward to her sharing after the Bible reading tonight. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Kirk. Uh, well, the Bible reading today is from Luke 18, verses 28 to 30. This is on page 852 of your church Bibles. Um, it's only a few verses. So before I read it, what I thought I'd actually do is tell you a bit about what was happening beforehand. Um, so, uh, what's going on here? This is during Jesus' life. 
And Jesus has um, been preaching. And one of the religious leaders comes up to Jesus and he says, Good teacher, what do I have to do to live forever in God's kingdom? Jesus said, Well, why do you call me good? God's the only one who's good. But to answer your question, well, you know the commandments. You should uh, honor your father and mother. You should not commit adultery, not murder. You know, you should do all these things. And the man said, Well, yes, but I've been doing all those things since I was young. And when Jesus heard his response, he said, There is one more thing that you should do. You should go home and sell all of your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And the man went away sad because he was very rich. And Jesus said to the people around him, It's so hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. The people said, well, in that case, how can anyone enter God's kingdom? Jesus said, what's impossible for people is possible with God. Jesus' disciples said, in fact, this might be the bit where I have to jump in. No, wait, there's one more verse No, this is where I jump in with the Bible reading. This is where the Bible reading picks up. (laughs) Verse 28 on page 852 of your Bibles. Peter said to him, Well, we've left all that we have to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brother or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Thanks, Josh, for that reading. I became a Christian when I was about 15. There was um, a girl who I went to school with over at St. Helena Secondary College called Emily who told me about Jesus. I know what it's like to have Jesus in my life. And I also know what it's like to live without Jesus, to live without the hope that he brings to live without knowing that God loves me, to live without knowing his peace, to live without any sense of my true identity. I'm absolutely without a doubt 100% sure that life with Jesus is better. It's not easier a lot of the time, it's not necessarily happier, but I do believe that it is better. God loves me, God knows me, God is for me and not against me. God has brought me out of darkness into his glorious light. But what about them? A little bit closer to home, what about them? Does anyone know where that picture's from? Where? Melbourne University, yeah. Do they know who Jesus is? Do they know that there is a God who loves them, who literally came to earth to find them and died on a cross for them? Has anybody told them? Have they ever been given the chance to make the decision for themselves whether or not they want to follow Jesus? 
Do they know who Jesus is? Has anybody told them? If I had to give a title for um, this talk, I'd call it The Heart of God. The heart of God is his mission. He's on a mission, on a mission for the world to know him, but it gets better because his heart and his mission is so much bigger than that. Yes, at the core of his mission is people coming to know him and come into a relationship with him. But God also wants to bring life and transformation to people, to their families, to their communities. And he wants it for the whole world. His mission is global. His heart is big. Well, what does it mean for God to bring life and transformation? What does that actually look like? Well, a great place to start in thinking about this is looking at Jesus and his life. So keeping it really simple, no trick questions, um, can someone just shout out something that Jesus did while he lived on earth? Anything? Healed people. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Sorry? Yeah? So he did some miracles? Yeah. All right, so, yeah, like he healed the sick. He spent time with social outcasts, people like prostitutes and tax collectors, people that nobody wanted to know or, or be around. He challenged people, people like the Jews, to be loving and forgiving. He helped people see that their relationship wasn't just a legalistic thing or this like warm, fuzzy thing that they got to keep to themselves, but their relationship with God Yes, it was about them and God, but it was also about them blessing others. God's overwhelming motive for his mission is his compassion and his love for his creation, for everyone and everything that he's made. The Bible clearly tells us this. You only have to look at something like John 3.16 that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I brought a little friend with me tonight. Um, the last few weeks in uh, Tim, our senior minister's talks, he's mentioned a book that he reads to his kids, which has a yellow duck on every page that they have to find. Well, mission is a big, fat, yellow duck of the Bible. Has anyone uh, heard of something called the Poverty and Justice Bible? Hands up, no one? Oh, oh yay, cool, yeah, a couple of people, great. Um, well, for the rest of you that aren't familiar with it, um, it's a Bible where some people went through and they basically highlighted 3,000 verses throughout the Bible uh, that are to do with poverty and justice. And the reason they did that was to try and draw people's attention to the fact that it's a big issue that God cares about. Well, I thought it would be a good idea to make a mission Bible. Uh, so basically go through, same thing, highlight all the stories and the verses and the bits about mission. And then I realised it's actually really quick. So if you have a quick flick through a Bible in front of you, if you've got one there, um, already highlighted all the words that are in black. Yeah, so focus from about Genesis 1-1 through to the end of Revelation, and there's your mission Bible. The Bible is all about mission. 
It is all about God sending people so that other people will know who he is and come into relationship with him and so that the whole world will have life and be transformed. If you take God's mission out of the Bible, you will literally be left with a front and a back cover. Did you know, for example, that the story of David and Goliath is about mission? I didn't know that. A few years ago, I was listening to a talk where someone brought that up, and I thought, oh, it's really interesting. I wonder what they mean. You know, we often hear the David and Goliath story about, you know, God can help you conquer all things, and with God, anything's possible, and and all that sort of thing. But in the story, when we read it, the reason for why David is killing Goliath, he says, so that they will know that there is a God in Israel. The word or the phrase, know that, which often is know that I am Lord, is, is mentioned over 200 times in the Old Testament. There's heaps of psalms throughout the Bible that are all about mission. Psalm 96 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvellous deeds among all peoples. So our church, St John's, is committed to God's mission. If you spend any time on our website or on, uh, you've got uh, part of our Facebook group, you'll see things like uh, Andy Barris, our tech guy, posting stuff like this. At St. John's, we're passionate partners in God's worldwide mission. We believe that God loves the whole world, and so we pray, give money, and equip people for mission work locally around Australia, which is the kind of stuff that Josh is doing, and throughout the world. So, another opportunity to participate. Take a wild guess, anyone, how much money our church will have donated to mission partners by the end of this year, just, just for this year. And Tim Johnson's not allowed to answer it. And neither's Diane. (laughs) Oh, Lenny, you're great. (laughs) We will have donated over $70,000 to mission partners this year. Yeah, that's worth like, that's that's really cool. We could easily have another full-time staff member for that, uh, and that would be a pretty good use of the money. And I started thinking how... How good would supper be, like every week, if we gave just a little bit of that money to food? And then someone else mentioned to me, how cool would some of our tech gear be? And I'll probably lose the tech guys from here on in. But how cool would some of our tech gear be if we put some of that money towards tech gear? But yet, we as a church decide to give that money to mission. Well, if God's all about mission, uh, then it makes sense to spend a bit of time thinking about where we fit in. What does it mean for us to be a partner in God's worldwide mission? The question that we need to think about is not if we'll be involved, but how we will be involved. Mission finds its foundation in the heart and mind of God. 
The whole of the Bible makes it clear that God desires a relationship with the people of his creation. He's a relational God. It's part of his nature. So as Christians, as followers of Jesus, if, if we're seeking to become more like Jesus, and if mission is an expression of the nature of God, of who he is, an expression of the nature of Jesus, then as we grow in godliness, as we become more like Jesus, then mission should be part of the nature of our lives and of our church. It becomes who we are as the people of God, not just something that we do. Partnering with God in his mission, in what he's already doing in the world, is part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Uh, something you might find helpful in thinking about, like, what does this actually mean for you and what your role is, is thinking about mission as an attitude or a posture. Doing God's work, being involved in his mission is an attitude. Uh, I need a volunteer. You have to come up the front. You basically need to be able to stand here. That, that's it. You don't have to say anything. Jazz, cool. Thanks. Great. All right. Now, can somebody... All right, currently, Jazz is here in Melbourne or Diamond Creek. Can someone shout out just a name of a city or a country, not a city in Australia, somewhere else? Singapore, cool, this morning we had Tokyo, so. All right, now Jazz, can you take a big, like, three steps that way, please? Beautiful. All right, so Jazz just hopped on a plane, and she's just flown from Melbourne to Singapore. Is she suddenly involved in God's work now because she flew to a different country? Is she suddenly bringing people into relationship with God and helping transform lives and you know, seeing, seeing people come to know God because she went from Melbourne to Singapore? No. no. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't do this example to sort of insult your intelligence, um, but Jazz, can you, can you jump on a plane and come back to Melbourne, please? Come and stand next to me again. All right, now, something that Jasmine loves to do with, with her mother in tow, of course, uh, is go down to the local skate park. Yeah, you like to do that, don't you? And while she's there, she likes to make new friends, build relationships, and share Jesus with people who don't know him. She also met a couple of people while she was there who are Christians, and because they already know God, because they already know Jesus, she's encouraging them in their faith. So maybe they pray together or they talk about God together. Thanks, Jazz, you can go sit down. I want, to share, <laughs> I want to share a quote with you. Most gospel ministry, also called mission, involves ordinary people, like Jasmine, doing ordinary things with gospel intentionality. Whether it is helping a friend working at the office or going to the cinema or the local skate park, there is a commitment to building relationships, modelling the Christian faith, and talking about the gospel as a natural part of conversation. But the ordinary is only a vehicle for Christian mission if there is gospel intentionality. The ordinary needs to be saturated with a commitment to living and proclaiming the gospel. We see this attitude in Jesus and how he did his, 
his work on earth. So much of what he did was ordinary. He ate food, he visited people, he walked between towns with people, he talked, he listened. But at the same time, what he did was extraordinary. How is Jesus part of God's mission? Well, the ordinary, everyday parts of his life were saturated with a commitment to living and proclaiming the gospel. What are the ordinary, everyday aspects of your life? What would it look like if they were saturated with a commitment to living and proclaiming the gospel? So I'm coming to the end of my talk, and uh, if you've been paying attention, you might realise that the Bible verse that Josh read, I haven't even mentioned yet. Well, I'm going to do that now. Let me read it again. So it's from Luke 18, 28 to 29. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Living with gospel intentionality, with a desire to be part of God's work in the world, can be very costly. It may mean giving generously of your hard-earned cash to mission agencies like the one our church supports. It may mean giving up your time to pray for your friends and for our community to know Jesus. It will most definitely mean moving out of your comfort zone in conversations and asking God to give you opportunities to share Jesus with people. Uh, I knew some people who were in Tasmania uh, when I lived there and This was a young family with little kids and they could have afforded a really nice house in a really nice suburb, but they decided that they wanted to live in one of the poorest and roughest parts of Launceston, had one of the highest crime rates, and they did that really intentionally because they wanted to share Jesus with the people that lived there. I know other people who have moved to really, really hard places overseas where they've had to leave everything that's familiar to them. They've left their homes and their families back here in Australia. They've gone to places where either people have little opportunity to hear about Jesus, or if they do know who he is, the church is small or it's young and there's not mature Christians or leaders, people to to teach and train and encourage. Following Jesus is costly and being part of God's mission is costly. just want to share one last quote with you called The Heart of a Missionary. The heart of a missionary is a heart which is not just about a burning desire to see people saved, but a great willingness to put your own preferences aside and do whatever it takes to see people saved. Being a partner in God's mission is costly, but this verse in Luke 
Jesus promises us that he sees what we leave behind. He knows that it is costly. And he knows that personally because his role in God's mission was to die on a cross. But he also promises us that what we will receive for anything that we've given up for the sake of God's kingdom, what we will receive will be worth it. Tonight, uh, we've really only scratched the surface of thinking about um, what God's mission is and what our role as individuals, as, uh, as a church, looks like. And I hope it's raised some questions for you. Um, I will definitely be hanging around for a cup of tea after the service, and I'm here pretty much every week. So um, please come and have a chat with me. And... Yeah, I just want to leave you with these uh, two questions. You might even want to write them down and be praying about them. What might God be asking you to leave behind to be part of his mission? And where is he sending you? Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.